0: This is episode 472 of the AWS podcast, released on September 12th, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Suddenly she's here with you. Great to have you back running solo today. Nikki will be back though, but this is just me for this particular update show. So let's get into it. Now, again, a quick audio reminder, I'm still working from home. I think I've improved things a little bit, but uh, if you hear the odd noise, including my dog, apologies. Uh, let's start with the topic of analytics. We're happy to introduce dynamic partitioning in Amazon Kinesis Data Firehose. So with dynamic partitioning, you can continuously partition streaming data in Kinesis Data Firehose using keys within data. So things like customer ID, transaction ID, etc. And you can deliver data grouped by these items into corresponding S3 prefixes, which means it's easy to run high performance, cost efficient analytics on the streaming data. It helps you with basically massaging the data in the way you need it to be. And the nice thing is it will continuously group data in transit by dynamically or statically defined data keys. And it will do it basically in the best possible way it can on the current situation. So pretty cool feature there. Amazon managed streaming for Apache Kafka, Amazon MSK now offers greater insight into the usage of resources through 19 new metrics that are published to Amazon CloudWatch. So things like resource utilization across CPUs, storage, the network, all the good stuff you need to make your application perform well. Onto the topic of application integration. Cross-account event discovery for Amazon EventBridge Schema Registry is now available. In fact, it now supports discovery of cross-account events published to an event bus. So now what the EventBridge Schema Registry does is store event structure or schema in a shared central location and maps those schemas to code for things like Java, Python, and TypeScript so that you can use those events as object in your code. Now, schemas from your event bus are automatically added to the registry when you turn on the schema discovery feature and you can connect and interact with the schema registry from the AWS console, APIs, or through SDK toolkits for JetBrains, IntelliJ, PyCharm, WebStorm, Rider, and VS Code. Onto the topic of compute. AWS Compute Optimizer now helps customers understand the impact of migrating to Graviton2-based instances. Now, I've been a big fan of this particular CPU type. It typically delivers tremendous cost benefit and performance benefits to you. Now, what it will do, this particular AWS Compute Optimizer capability will recommend up to three Graviton2-based instance type options for x86 Linux instances. Now, what this means is you can specify the EC2 instance architecture you'd like to target and when you specify ARM as a preferred architecture, it'll give you an indication of what it thinks will work the best based upon what it knows in the environment. So this can help you understand the performance differences based upon the different instance types. AWS Lambda now supports AWS Private Link in previously unsupported availability zones. So if you've been using AWS Lambda and wanted to use Private Link and you couldn't for whatever reason uh, in a bunch of zones listed in the show notes, now you can. AWS Distro for OpenTelemetry adds support for Amazon ECS in Amazon CloudWatch Container Insights and metric support for AWS Lambda applications in Amazon Managed Prometheus in Preview. So lots more support for lots more metrics and lots more container types. (laughs) That's my summary for you. If monitoring using AWS Distro for OpenTelemetry is a thing that you do, this is something you'd want to look at because there's lots more capability. EC2 Image Builder now supports Amazon EventBridge notifications. So customers can now use events to trigger an image build schedule in your event-driven architecture, which is pretty cool. You can integrate your image build schedule with your events from AWS services and also from SaaS partners and customer events using Amazon EventBridge. You can also create rules for event patterns. So you can listen for a specific variable and configure rules to initiate image builds based upon that into EC2 Image Builder. So you can imagine you can string a whole lot of things together without having to have manual pipelines if you're into ipv6 in your environment let's face it we all should be ipv6 endpoints are now available for the amazon ec2 instance metadata service the amazon timesync service and amazon vpc dns server so you can now use this with any uh, instances built on the nitro system and they take advantage of unique local addresses, ULAs. So these are locally defined endpoints in the IPv6 naming system, analogous to uh, sort of the IPv4 ones that we could memorize, but these ones we can't memorize, (laughs) basically. But essentially, this is really useful if you're running in a single stack configuration or if you're transitioning in a dual stack configuration. IPv6 is now available for IMDS, Sync, and VPC DNS. Also, no changes and no additional charges. The AWS Launch Wizard now supports additional deployment capabilities to help you meet your DevOps and organizational requirements. This is the SAP capability within Launch Wizard, and it now lets you use the deployment tools like ServiceNow, Jira Cloud Formation, and processes of your choice. You can now use different types of versioning as well, and it also lets you simplify the delivery and redeployment process. And AWS Copilot now supports pub sub architecture. So, this is in version 1.10 of AWS Copilot. And it allows customers to decouple microservices and consume events asynchronously. And you can use AWS Copilot to build these event driven architectures to increase performance, reliability, or scalability. All existing AWS Copilot services and jobs can use the new publish field to broadcast events to our old friend SNS. And these events can be received by SQS. Queues with a new worker service pattern in AWS Copilot for the Elastic Container Service running on Fargate. Now, this just lets you basically distribute your workloads across different microservices based upon your architecture. It's yet another great pattern to deploy event-driven architectures if that's something you want to build. Moving on to the topic of databases, there is now new full-text search non-string indexing capabilities for Amazon Neptune. So Amazon Neptune now supports on searching for new data types, things like numbers and dates in addition to strings when using full text search integration with Elasticsearch. Now, this improvement allows Neptune customers to replicate non-string values into an Elasticsearch cluster, such as provided by the Amazon Elasticsearch service to run Gremlin or Sparkle queries searching on those values. So basically, this gives you more choice in how you search. Amazon Aurora now supports PostgreSQL 13. This is a major version release that improves functionality and performance and has enhancements like deduplication of B tree index entries, improved performance for queries that use partition tables, incremental sorting to accelerate data sorts, parallel processing of indexes with the vacuum command, and more ways to monitor activity within a PostgreSQL database, some new security capabilities, and much, much more. It also introduces support for Bull PL Perl, which simplifies writing Perl procedures. So this is really useful. If you want the latest and greatest, you can now use it with Amazon Aurora. Amazon RDS for PostgreSQL supports Boolean DB parameter expressions. So this enables database administrators to optimize more database configurations with fewer parameter groups. So this makes it nice and easy to templatize your configuration using your parameter groups. And you can use the Boolean parameter expressions to automatically turn off and turn on things depending on what's going on. So for example, you could set your parameter group to automatically turn off wall compression if the CPU of your database instance is small. So let's say it's less than two vCPUs or turn it on when the CPU is larger. You can imagine, very handy. Amazon RDS for MariaDB supports new minor versions, 10.5.12, 10.4.21, 10.3.31, 10.2.40. Basically, bug fixes, performance improvements, and new functionality from the community are available to you. Related to that, Amazon RDS for Oracle now supports the July 2021 patch set updates for 12.1 and release updates for 12.2 and 19c. As always, patching your stuff is important, and when you're using RDS, it is very easy to do it, so you don't have any excuse. The new Amazon DynamoDB console is now your default experience to help manage data and resources more easily. So, that's been in uh, sort of trial for a while. The new console makes it simpler for you to access your table items directly from the navigation pane, which is cool. And you can manage your items using the new dedicated items page and navigate back and forth to your table settings. So, again, trying to reduce the number of steps when using the console. In addition, related information is now grouped on the same pages to simplify your work and the new simplified tabs architecture of the tables page groups together all related features on the same tab. Moving on to the topic of end user computing, Nice DCV has released version 2021.2. Now, if you've not come across Nice DCV, it's a high performance remote display protocol that helps customers securely access remote desktop or application sessions, including 3D graphics applications hosted on servers with high-performance GPUs. Now, some of the new features include a web client clipboard improvements, so customers can now copy and paste images using the DCV web client on Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge, option to prevent screenshots on native clients. Uh, You can also have streaming quality improvements to deliver the highest frame rates as well. This update delivers a more fluid sort of build to lossless experience when using the QUIC protocol and some new DCV session manager features as well. Moving on to the topic of the Internet of Things, AWS IoT device management announces new fleet monitoring enhancements. These new features will let you better monitor characteristics in your fleet over time, diagnose connectivity issues, and perform aggregation queries to group devices across different values. So basically it lets you have much better insight into what's going on. For example, you can search for devices based on a new disconnect reason data field that provides additional insight into why a particular device lost its connection to AWS IT, which can help you diagnose connection issues across your fleet. AWS IT Core now supports MQTT retained messages. Now, retained messages is a standard MQTT feature that gives you an easy way to store the latest important message on a topic for feature subscribers. Now with AWS IT Core, you can use retained messages to easily push configuration information or important updates to devices without knowing exactly when they will come online. Now, this is often a problem with poorly connected or remote devices or infrequently connected devices. This is a great way to get around that. Amazon Monitron launches a new Ethernet gateway device. So this is a new gateway device that lets customers use their Ethernet network to connect Monitron to the internet. The Ethernet gateway joins the Wi-Fi gateway that was launched back in December 2020, giving customers even more options for Amazon Monitron internet connectivity. Now, if you've not come across Amazon Monitron, it is an end-to-end system that uses machine learning to detect abnormal conditions in industrial equipment, which means you can implement predictive maintenance and reduce unplanned downtime. It has sensors that capture things like vibration and temperature data from equipment and a gateway device to securely transfer data to AWS. The Amazon Monitron Service that analyzes data for abnormal equipment conditions using machine learning and a companion mobile app brings it all together to allow you to understand alerts and potential failures to your equipment. On to the topic of machine learning, Amazon SageMaker now supports M5D, R5 and P3D instances for SageMaker Studio Notebooks, so you get more instance types depending on your workload. Using the right instance type based upon the notebook you're running is really important because you get access to different balances of compute, storage and network capability, as well as graphical processing units. Amazon SageMaker Model Registry now supports inference pipelines so Amazon SageMaker pipelines, which is the first purpose-built continuous integration and continuous delivery service for machine learning now supports registering and deploying SageMaker inference pipelines with the model registry. Now, this is a central repository for cataloging models for production and managing model versions, associating metadata with models and also managing approval statuses of models plus automating their deployment. Now what customers can do is register inference pipelines in the model registry as well. And each model package version of an inference pipeline will now jointly track all containers of the pipeline. An approved model package version can then be deployed as an inference pipeline hosted on a SageMaker inference endpoint with CICD. Basically makes it quicker and easier to deploy. Could have said that at the start, couldn't I? <laughs> Indeed. Amazon Transcribe now supports speech to text in six new languages. Afrikaans, Danish, Mandarin Chinese, Taiwan, Thai, New Zealand English, and South African English. If you've not come across Amazon Transcribe, it's a great way to implement automatic speech recognition. Basically, it lets you add speech-to-text capabilities for any of your applications. So these new languages expand the coverage we already have. Amazon Transcribe also now supports resource tagging for better access control. We always like to tag our things, so this can be used to allocate cost or get detailed billing reports across your Transcribe jobs. You can attach tags to resources such as transcription jobs, vocabulary, vocabulary filter, and custom language models within Transcribe. Now, I always love talking about a price drop and Amazon Textract has announced reduced pricing of up to 32% on analyze document and detect document text requests in eight global AWS regions. So this makes it cheaper for you depending on where you are and depending on what you're doing without having to do anything. Speaking of not having to do anything for new capabilities, Amazon recognition has improved the accuracy of celebrity recognition and adds some new attribute. Now, Amazon recognition is a machine learning based service that lets you analyze images and videos to detect objects, people's faces, texts, scenes, activities, and inappropriate content. And Celebrity Recognition lets customers automatically recognize tens of thousands of well known personalities in images and videos. So starting today, you can get higher accuracy, so lower false detections and rejections, and increased coverage of global celebrities. In addition, you also get three new attributes for each celebrity, presentation of gender, expression, and smile. That's pretty cool. It can figure out if you're smiling or not. (laughs) Let's you do some cool things if this is the kind of data you are processing. Comprehend launches support for tagging with analysis jobs. So if you've not come across Amazon Comprehend, it is a natural language processing service that uses machine learning to analyze text documents and identify insights, things like sentiment, entity, and topics in text. Now we have support for analysis jobs. So this allows you to tag and track those jobs as they're flying through your process. And finally, Amazon Polly has launched ARIA, a New Zealand English neural text-to-speech voice. Now, Amazon Polly turns text into life-like speech, and it's pretty damn cool the way it works. And we now have general availability of ARIA, Polly's first New Zealand English voice. And this is a neural text-to-speech voice that is expressive, natural, and easy to follow. And to my New Zealand friends, all I can say is choice. It is a very choice implementation. And uh, all my New Zealand friends will get that. Management and governance is our next topic. AWS CloudFormation introduces the option to troubleshoot provisioning errors before rollback, accelerating deployments. This is huge. In the past, when you would deploy your CloudFormation and you got something wrong, it would roll the whole thing back. Now, what you can do is not have to do that. You can, in fact, choose to preserve the state of successfully deployed resources in the event of a CloudFormation stack operation error. And you can retry the operation using an updated CloudFormation template and quickly iterate through feedback loops, shortens development cycles. This is very, very, very cool. So check it out if you've not used this one. Amazon CloudWatch Application Insights adds support for Microsoft SQL Server FCI and FSX storage. So this is basically monitoring, alarming, and dashboarding for your Microsoft SQL Server failover cluster instances running on AWS and for applications using FSX managed storage with CloudWatch Application Insights. So this makes it easier to troubleshoot and analyze what's going on in your environment. AWS Systems Manager enables additional application management capabilities. So this lets you easily manage your applications end-to-end without switching consoles. So with this particular release, IT professionals can edit application and resource tags and invoke appropriate runbooks based on the application type or within the application manager console. We're also thrilled to announce custom widgets for CloudWatch dashboards. Now, this is a really cool new feature that enables you to gain operational visibility and agility by customizing the content of your CloudWatch dashboard, such as adding visualizations, displaying information from multiple data sources, or adding controls like buttons to take remediation actions. A set of templates and a sample library is provided to help you get started. Now, these widgets are really useful to do things like correlate trends over time, spot issues more easily, and display related data from different sources side by side. Onto the topic of media services, AWS Elemental Media Tailor now supports time-based schedules for channel assembly streams. This allows you to schedule programs based on wall clock time. Using a linear mode, you have fine-grained control of when individual sources will be played and which sources are to follow on a channel input. Looping mode is also available where timing on individual programs is loosely defined to ensure there is content always playing on a channel output. Very nice. Moving on to migration and transfer. The AWS Transfer family has simplified file transfer uploads with low-code automation. So this now enables you to create, execute, and monitor post-upload processing for file transfers over SFTP, FTPS, and FTP for Amazon S3 and Amazon EFS. So you can save time with low-code automation to coordinate all the necessary tasks such as copying and tagging. You can also quickly configure custom logic to scan for errors in the data using personal identifiable information, viruses, malware, or incorrect file formats or types. And with managed workflows, you can quickly detect anomalies and meet your compliance requirements with ease. The AWS Database Migration Service now supports migrating multiple databases in one task using MongoDB as a source. So you can now move things simultaneously and at the same time, in fact, you can group multiple databases of a MongoDB cluster and migrate them using one DMS task to any DMS-supported targets, including Amazon DocumentDB with MongoDB compatibility with minimal downtime. And AWS Database Migration Service also now supports Redis as a target. So this gives you even more choice. You can now have uh, Redis, Amazon Elastic Cache for Redis, and Amazon MemoryDB for Redis as targets. AWS DataSync has enhanced task filtering and queuing. Now this is a tool that allows you to transfer your data to and from AWS storage. You can now specify include filters as well as exclude filters, providing you with even greater control over how your data is transferred. You can also now schedule tasks that utilize both the exclude and include filters to transfer only a subset of files in your source location. Also, you can now queue multiple executions of a task where the filter settings differ between executions. Onto the topic of networking and content delivery. Amazon VPC announces new routing enhancements to make it easy to deploy virtual appliances between subnets in a VPC. So you can now configure routes in your subnet route tables to forward traffic between two subnets in a VPC via virtual appliances such as network firewalls, intrusion detection and protection systems. Customers deploy a virtual appliance between two instances by modifying the default gateway of the instances to point to the appliance. With this enhancement you don't have to modify the instances default gateway you can just launch these instances in separate subnets and configure routes in subnet route tables that forward traffic destined for the other subnet through an appliance or chain of appliances. You can configure your own appliance on an EC2 instance or choose a third party virtual network appliance from the AWS Marketplace. You can also use the AWS Gateway Load Balancer to deploy these virtual appliances to improve scalability and availability. With this enhancement, you can also redirect traffic entering and leaving your VPC from transit gateway through these virtual appliances. This is a very powerful new feature. Amazon VPC customers can now resize their prefix list. This makes it easy to manage your security posture and routing behavior as your network grows. Prefix lists allow you to group multiple side blocks into a single object and use it as a reference to simplify network configuration. You can share your prefix list with other AWS accounts using Resource Access Manager and use it to configure VPC route tables, security groups, and transit gateway route tables as well. Now, prior to this feature, the size of a prefix list or the amount of CIDRs it could contain was fixed and specified as you created it and you couldn't change it, and this often became a problem. Now, you can make changes as necessary and resize your prefix list to better match your new reality. Basically, the ability to resize your prefix list and add new ciders, eliminating the need to create a brand new one. Onto the topic of security, identity, and compliance. IAM Access Analyzer now helps you generate fine-grained policies that specify the required actions for more than 50 services. Now, what this does is helps you achieve least privilege by generating fine-grained policies that specify the required actions. In April 2021, IAM Access Analyzer added policy generation to help you create IAM policies based on your AWS CloudTrail activity. Now we're extending policy generation to identify actions used for more than 50 services, things like Amazon ECR, Athena, Security Hub, et cetera. When you request a policy, IAM Access Analyzer gets to work and generates a policy by analyzing your AWS CloudTrail logs to identify actions used. For other services, IAM Access Analyzer helps you by identifying the services used and guides you to add the necessary actions. Generated policy makes it easy to grant only the required permissions for your workloads. This is really key. Least privilege is one of the key security approaches that we like to take. By not giving everyone star-star access to everything, you create an environment that's a lot more easy to secure and to control and avoids the unexpected. AWS Security Hub Automated Response and Remediation has added support for PCI DSS version 3.2.1 security standard. Now, using AWS Security Hub Automated Response and Remediation is a really cool way to get up-to-date findings and to quickly and easily solve problems. There are now 17 new PCI DSS 3.2.1 controls. This release also adds support for seven more AWS Foundational Security Best Practice controls and 17 additional controls in the Center for Internet Security, CIS, AWS Foundation's benchmark version 1.2.0, continuously evolving and meeting the threats that are out there. AWS Firewall Manager Log now supports AWS WAF log filtering. So this allows security administrators to specify which web requests to log and which requests to exclude from the logs by using AWS WAF to inspect the web traffic. If you use Firewall Manager security policies to centralize your AWS WAF logging, you can now log only the information you want to analyze. By reducing the amount of log data stored, you can reduce your log delivery and storage costs as well. ACM Private CA now supports the Online Certificate Status Protocol or OCSP. So AWS Certificate Manager Private Certificate Authority is a great way to manage your own certificates. And now it provides the availability of the OCSP for distributing certificate revocation information. When establishing an encrypted TLS connection, endpoints can use OCSP to query in near real time if a certificate has been revoked thus alerting the endpoint that the certificate should not be trusted. This feature provides a fully managed OCSP solution for notifying endpoints that certificates have been revoked without the need to manage or operate infrastructure themselves. So this is a very cool way to enhance the way we do things over and above the old CRL approach, the certificate revocation list. And on to the topic of storage, we're happy to introduce the Amazon FSx4 NetApp ONTAP. This is the general availability release of a storage service that allows customers to launch and run complete, fully managed ONTAP file system on the cloud for the first time. ONTAP is NetApp's file system technology that's traditionally powered on-premises network-attached storage, NASAs, and provides a widely adopted set of data access and data management capabilities. Amazon FSx for NetApp ONTAP provides the popular features, performance, and APIs of ONTAP file systems with the agility, scalability, and simplicity of a fully managed AWS service, which makes it easy for customers to migrate their on premises applications that rely on NAS appliances to AWS. It also provides developers with high performance and feature rich file storage that makes it easy to build, test, and run cloud native applications. Amazon Elastic File System has introduced intelligent tiering to automatically optimize storage costs. This is a new capability that makes it much easier for you to optimize your storage costs when access patterns change across your EFS volumes. It's designed to help you achieve the right price and performance blend for your applications by placing your file data in storage classes based on file access patterns. Now EFS intelligent tiering uses lifecycle management to monitor the access patterns of your workloads and it's designed to automatically transition files that are not accessed for the duration of the lifecycle policy, for example, 30 days, from either the EFS standard or EFS one zone storage classes to their corresponding infrequent access storage class. So EFS standard infrequent access or EFS one zone infrequent access. This means you can take advantage of the storage pricing of up to 92% less than what you may be continuously running. Now, if access patterns change, EFS Intelligent tiering is designed to automatically move files back to performance-optimized storage classes, and this helps you eliminate the risk of unbounded access charges while providing consistent low latencies. If the files become infrequently accessed again, it tears back down again. This is wonderful because you can set the policies and just let it do its thing. Speaking of tiering, Amazon S3 Intelligent Tiering further automates storage cost savings by removing the minimum storage duration and monitoring an automation charge for small objects. Now, what this means is that we have removed the low per object monitoring and automation charges for objects that are smaller than 128K. Now, the great thing is S3 Intelligent Tiering is the only cloud storage class that delivers automatic storage cost savings when data access patterns change without performance impact or operational overhead. Previously, S3 Intelligent Tiering was optimized for long-lived objects stored for a minimum of 30 days and objects larger than 128K. With these changes, it is now the ideal storage class for data with unknown, changing, or unpredictable access patterns, independent of object size or retention period. You can now use S3 Intelligent Tiering as the default storage class for data lakes, analytics, and new applications. And effective from now, the S3 Intelligent Cheering Monitoring and Automation charge for objects smaller than 128K will no longer be charged. This includes new and existing objects. Also effective today, for all new and existing objects in S3 Intelligent Tiering, you will not accrue prorated charges for objects deleted, transitioned, or overridden within 30 days. Amazon EBS Direct APIs now support creating 64 terabyte EBS snapshots. So this allows you to create snapshots directly from any block storage data, including on-premises data. With this new capability, customers can use EBS snapshots for disaster recovery of their largest on-premises workloads and achieve business continuity in AWS at lower costs. Previously, the maximum was 16 terabytes. Now it's 64. That's pretty cool. Amazon S3 multi-region access points have been introduced to accelerate access to replicated data sets by up to 60%. So this is really useful when accessing data sets that are replicated across multiple AWS regions. Based upon AWS Global Accelerator, S3 multi-region access points consider factors like network congestion, and the location of the requesting application to dynamically route your requests over the AWS network to the lowest latency copy of your data. This automatic rating allows you to take advantage of the global infrastructure of AWS whilst maintaining a simple application architecture. S3 multi-region access points provide a single global endpoint to access a data set that spans multiple S3 buckets in different AWS regions. So this makes building multi-region applications with the same simple architecture used in a single region, but then run those applications anywhere in the world. Very cool. AWS Backend Agent now supports Amazon S3 Intelligent Tiering, sending log and data backups to separate folders and Ansible as well. So this is a SAP certified backup and restore solution for SAP HANA workloads running on Amazon EC2. And this makes it even easier, faster and cheaper to store backups of that data. And finally, we're pleased to introduce the AWS Backup Audit Manager. This is a new feature that lets you audit and report on the compliance of your data protection policies to help you meet your business and regulatory needs. AWS Backup enables you to centralize and automate data protection policies across AWS services based on organizational best practices and regulatory standards. And AWS Backup Auto Manager helps you maintain and demonstrate compliance with those policies. So this gives you built-in compliance controls and that you customize those controls based upon your own particular policies. It's designed to automatically detect violations of your defined data protection policies and prompt you to take corrective actions. So this lets you continuously understand your backup profile. This is super important in an age of ransomware, Where going back to backups is often a very important thing. This lets you know that you have the backups that you think you have is always an important thing so that's it a bunch of really interesting updates today i hope there was something in there for you as ever we do love to get your feedback aws podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it you can also leave voice feedback as well from our web page and of course the extended show notes are linked off this particular episode and until next time keep on building